Welcome to Nutrition Grad Guide. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I created this podcast to help nutrition grads just like you navigate your way into a career and a life that you love. In each episode, I'm going to bring you interviews with experts in the nutrition and health field, exploring a range of different career pathways. We'll learn about what they do, how they got there, and their advice to help you grow a successful career as a nutritionist or a natural health professional. Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest on the podcast is the lovely Sarah McLaughlin, who is a qualified naturopath and the founder of Acaso Health. I had the pleasure of meeting Sarah recently, and she's doing incredible things in her business, especially as someone who's only been out of uni for less than three years. And she's definitely an inspiration to me, and I'm sure she will be to you as well. So I'm really looking forward to hearing from you today, Sarah. Thank you for being here and sharing your experience and advice to us. I'm yeah, really excited to chat to you. Thank you for having me. This is really exciting to be on my very first podcast and um, I love talking, so it's probably a natural fit. (laughs) Yeah, it's perfect. It's so good to have you here. Awesome. So let's get started and chat a little bit about what first got you interested in the health and nutrition and naturopathy space? Uh, Yeah, well, that's a really good question because um, you can't see me people can't see me, but I am an older graduate. Um, And so naturopathy is not my first Um, career Uh, I was later to life to start studying but I actually was prompted no well let me fast forward to that when I was in my late teens and trying to work out what the heck I wanted to do with my life like as a school leaver and Mm -hmm. I did some um uh, testing with a psychologist like career advice kind of thing Mm -hmm. and um some interesting things came up like um occupational therapist and um some other allied health professional things but of course in those days when I was that age no one really knew what a naturopath was it was kind of a weird hippie thing so it wasn't in the mainstream but I did have that affinity for health I suppose and helping people and caring anyway um, I went and studied psychology did a science degree in psychology and also started working in sales after that so completely not related to health at all the closest thing I got to that was selling whiteboards to hospitals or doctor's offices and stuff like that Um, then I started working for one of the big phone companies in customer service and fast forward like what was that nearly 15 years and I had my first child yeah and had a really medicalized birth and it was quite traumatic and stressful for him and for me and I ended up with postnatal depression and um didn't really ever resolve that also wasn't really I dabbled a little bit in seeing naturopaths by that stage but not really stuck with it I didn't know anyone who saw naturopaths or lived that kind of what we crunchy lifestyle that that people refer to now Mm -hmm. and then had my second child and she um, had this rash that ulcerated really quickly and it was like just the doctors kept throwing antibiotics and stuff at it and I overheard at a activity that we were at someone recommending to see a naturopath yep and I thought well I got nothing to lose because nothing else is working and it doesn't seem right to keep giving this little baby she was 12 months old by then no yeah 12 months old um antibiotics all the time and so I went and saw this naturopath and she's like yep I've seen that before it's milk or dairy Mm -hmm. um so you I was still breastfeeding you and um 
my child needed to cut it out and it literally never came back again I was like oh my god that is amazing (laughs) incredible like we've been at this for months trying to fix it and just one visit and some drops so she was a homeopath a classically trained homeopath as well as um naturopath so she gave us some food ideas some drops and I was sold I was like this is amazing so good and um I have a very long and complicated health history myself (laughs) and um, so people could read about that on my blog if they're really interested um but yeah I started seeing we all saw that naturopath and I was just like I just want to do what she's doing like I really want to help people to live uh, you know live the best life your best health that you can ironically I was not in my best health shape at that point and studying actually really made my health worse but um it it was a journey to get to where I was but that really sparked my interest and I literally we saw Catherine um, we all saw her benefited from that and um, I was like that's it I'm gonna do it Um, I talked to the Cairo I was saying who was also a nutritionist at that time and he was like yeah do it you'll be great um and so that's what I wanted to do. So I was most passionate about food as medicine, yep. uh, and I, I still really am. Um, but I decided to do naturopathy to have the versatility of adding herbs in as well. But I just I mostly loved the the nutrition subjects at uni the very yep. most. So that was my long and winding journey to get to studying. Um, and yeah, I did not live a healthy life before that. Like. <laughs> I, as a young person, smoked cigarettes and worked in a cafe and drank so much coffee and, of course, I was involved in sports and sports clubs, lots of alcohol. So um, it was quite a different lifestyle when I started studying, Mm. although, you know, having kids kind of tidied things up a lot. But, um, yeah, it's quite a different lifestyle to how I was as a teen, young adult and growing up. Yeah. Very, I grew up in a really medical focused home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was quite different. I'm just, I'm really glad that I did, but yeah, it was quite a journey to get to that point. Yeah. Sounds like a really interesting journey and it's cool that you started with psychology and yeah, sort of like worked your way around those different fields. And now here you are as a naturopath. Do you find that psychology degree actually comes in handy now that you're dealing with clients one-on-one? I do. I was actually reflecting on this today um, because um, I'm starting a life coaching qualification in May this year because I actually feel like the mindset, the emotional component, um, people getting in their own way is actually the biggest part of my job at the moment what I do the food part is actually really easy it's getting them to just get on with it and do it and so yeah the psychology was useful but psychology at uni and when I did it is very research-based lots of rats Mm -hmm. and stats not a lot of practical this is how you work with people it was a lot of theory stuff so I didn't move on to doing the honours and masters the masters gives you that more practical experience but in amongst all the other things I did I did do a certificate for in breastfeeding counselling and so that actually was the most helpful because it's very practical um, peer support based counselling that was that in when I got to student clinic that qualification and that practical skill 
of coaching people on a phone helpline um, to help them, you know, debrief what's going on and find a solution to their problem. Yeah. That was the really useful um, in student clinic and in the early time of practising. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. That's a really cool thing to have done. What did that look like, the breastfeeding counselling? Um, it's very, it's a certificate four, so it's not as, um, uh, there's, you know, it's not as demanding as a, a uni qualification. Yep. The hardest thing I think I found was that there's no deadlines because it's self-paced. Yeah. So oh, no wow. deadlines is easy to push things, you know, aside. But um, I would encourage anyone that's interested in, um, you know, the pregnancy and and postnatal period or newborns working with people with babies and children to um, volunteer it's a volunteer role through the Australian Breastfeeding Association but it um, brought so much to my practice I I don't focus on kids and and pregnant women at this point but early on when I was practicing that was kind of my interest area Uh, when I started practicing that was where I was interested or that was my first dabble in a niche Um, but yeah it just as much as I gave I got from that and I still do a little bit of it um but not as regularly as I used to yeah but it's yeah it's a lot of um the the training was um a lot of role plays and practicing and working through scenarios and um practicing empathy and empathy is such a powerful tool so um even if you had no other coaching or counseling skills just practicing empathy with people and reflective listening is the two so such powerful powerful things and if people don't know what I'm talking about they can go and google and and do some research or you know that plenty will come up on it but just those two things alone really helped people open up and and share in clinic the you know those juicy gold nuggets that you need to get a great treatment plan for them and to really support them well yeah it is so important absolutely yeah it's a really cool thing to have in your toolkit yeah Yeah. (laughs) awesome and so when you were studying did you sort of know what you wanted to do when you finished did you always know you would start your own business uh look honestly that was kind of all I could see that would work for me because so when I started studying I had two children and then by the end of my degree I had four children so um, I needed something flexible and also by the end of that degree I was home we were home educating all of our children so um, all of the time not just in COVID ISO schooling Um, so I needed to be something to be flexible so my husband was already self-employed so I guess I had that as to, well, and I knew how flexible it was that we could go, all right, well, we're going to go camping while everyone's at school or whatever and it's a bit emptier. Yeah. Um, so we wanted that kind of lifestyle. So I'd done working for other people before in the past and I just knew that for me I think that w- was going to be better uh, for me to be the boss of me and and when and how I work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. And so tell us about the process when you started um, building your own business. We were talking a little bit earlier about um, how you named your business and the difference between having it more general as opposed to a personal brand. Do you want to start by telling us the meaning of a queso? Because I thought this was really cool and I want everyone else to be in on it too. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I'll I'll preface it by saying that um, 
uh, I have strong feminist values and also um, as a family and my, one of my children in particular is strongly interested in Greek gods. So I knew I, w- I wanted to have a goddess's name uh, in my brand because um, uh, I did my, and my goal at that time was I would have a clinic with my business branding on it and either subcon, you know, subcontract or have people employed and like a busy multi-modality clinic. That was my dream. Um, So I wanted to pick a goddess, though, that reflected my approach to health and well-being. Yeah. And so um, my child, who's 10 now, so he was seven then, Mm -hmm. um, suggested a queso. And um, she is the goddess of the healing process. And her sisters are Panacea, um, which is... She was like a pill for every ill, so more that, that more Western approach. Um, and her other sister was Higia, who's the goddess of hygiene, like hand washing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and their father was Eclipsius. Um, that's a horrible pronunciation, but anyway, he's the father of, of medicine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, okay, so is the goddess of the healing process. And I think that's reflected my approach to or how I see health as it is and health and healing is a, is a process and it's unique and different for all of us and we'll take different times and a different path. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just think it's the perfect goddess. Like you did so well with picking that name and it has a really nice sound to it as well. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so now in your business, are you seeing people one-on-one or group coaching, a mix of both? Tell us a little bit about your current day uh, practice. Yep. Okay, so um, at the moment uh, I see people through group programs. Um, So there is a little bit of one-to-one work in that, but the majority of how people connect with me when they work through my program is on a weekly coaching call, a group coaching call. Yeah. Um, And I just started implementing that. Um, I uh, Yeah, I put it into practice from September so I kind of didn't practice much between July and September last year in 2020 and um, then started implementing the um, it's a six-month group program and um, I also had done my metabolic balance training then so that's my food as medicine qualification that it's the um, I love using in practice so everyone that works with me does that as part of my program and I coach them through that and um any other changes, lifestyle and or anything else like that they need to do through that six-month period as well. Yeah, that's a really cool strategy. So does that mean you open that up like twice a year and everyone goes through at the same time or do you have a few rounds sort of like crossing over in terms of the group coaching? Yeah, so it's actually evergreen. So people can join at any time. And that um, helps me with my capacity as well because I am, well, really only face face-to-face so I also work um, completely online now uh, as well I don't have a clinic anymore Um, so yeah so um, uh, because I've only got a couple of days a week to do that initial in-depth health assessment which takes quite a while and then I also do one-to-one with them when I present to them their metabolic balance plan and and their functional pathology report and things like that that's also really long so there's only so many of those I can do in a two-day period so um a sweet number for me is like is two is a really good like two new people per week is really um maintainable and it's a nice flow to my business um 
three gets tricky and stretchy because outside of that time face-to-face with them, then I have to, you know, prepare the functional pathology report and then collect the information to get their plan generated, read it, go through it, think about a prescription, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just and, – and then in the early days it's quite intensive. They always have lots of questions. Yeah. They want to know lots of things from me. So um, I find that doing it that way means that I can give them all the attention that they actually need at the time that they need it. Yeah. Oh, what a brilliant approach. Yeah, that sounds like a really good way to go. So tell us a little bit more about metabolic metabolic balance. <laughs> yeah. Um, so metabolic balance is a, a was originally developed by a German si- a doctor yep. and his wife was a nutritionist and, yep. uh, sorry, his wife was a naturopath and her sister was a nutritionist. And um, he worked a lot with people with metabolic syndrome and he developed this um, and refined over time. He's passed away now. He um, passed away in twenty. 20- 12 I think it was um but his sister and his wife his wife and his sister-in-law still run the business uh, run metabolic balance it's amazing um so yeah it's purely food as medicine um Mm -hmm. and it's based on people's blood biochem biochemistry so on the blood test results which makes it quite unique um and it's like having your own personalized anti-inflammatory um Diet is how I describe, or diet's such a problematic word these days. When I say diet, I I mean as in like food that you eat, not diet as in a diet that I'm going to follow for a period of time and then not. Um, (laughs) It is actually really good at helping people lose weight and that was one of the ways, Dr. Fun Fact, he has the best name, Um, (laughs) when he first developed it, it was to help people with metabolic syndrome lose weight and resolve fatty liver and um, gout and other, you know, elimination and detoxification or inflammatory conditions as well. Yeah. Um, But what they found is that it's actually really good for a whole host of other conditions, disorders. Um, I mean, I can't make claims, but, but there's a lot that they have researched that it supports in um, people healing and, and repairing from. But it's just, I, you know, people love a blood test and they love to see something in, in writing and on paper and to be able to say to them, well, these things have come up in your blood test and then this is the foods that have been prescribed to you because of that. These yeah. are the foods that are ideal or optimal to help your body restore balance and, and reset and, and um, you know, calm the farm. Yeah. Um, they really are, are compliant with it. It's a lot easier to get compliance than just if I said, the same things like oh you should just avoid wheat and and um, take out the cow's dairy but you know maybe goats and sheeps is okay yeah. they you know what people are like they yeah. have their question or they don't want to stick with it but with the blood test behind it I find it just a lot e- you know a lot easier to get compliance and it and it just really works it works really well people yeah. stick to 
the foods that are prescribed for them in the initial phases. It is four phase. So the idea is we get to the fourth phase and we're really embracing those intuitive eating principles. So you've got a really deep understanding of your body when it's not happy with what you're eating or what you've eaten um, and knowing what foods it really thrives on. Um, And so part of my role is to help people go from that prescribed food list to a broader range of foods um, and also knowing sort of how loose um, they can get with the guidelines or the rules of metabolic balance. Yeah. Um, so, for example, like it, it is like three meals a day, no snacking, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, to support your gut health. And that's really, I believe, how humans were designed to eat was just three meals a day. Um, so part of the process is exploring what does your body like? Does it, does it, if you have a morning tea or afternoon tea, how do you feel after that? How do you sleep? How do you feel the next day? Mm-hmm. Um yeah all of that so we're really exploring and moving to them knowing what their body really likes in terms of food and and drinks and they can use that for the rest of their life and that's what I like about it too yeah absolutely that sounds really fascinating and such a cool thing to be offering people did you do that metabolic balance course right after graduating or did it come a little bit later no it came a bit later so I kind of felt like when I finished uni that um, I was really passionate about food as medicine but didn't quite feel like I had the tools to do it really well um And it was a lot of hard work. And then I didn't have a really strong defined niche. I was kind of seeing whoever came by the by because when you first start, you just want to see people, help people, get some practice. Um, But that's a lot of work because everyone's coming for different reasons. So you've got to research everything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's tiring. Um, But, yeah, I didn't feel like I had that. So it's kind of been looking and trying some different things and hair tests or food allergy intolerance testing with the, you know, like the skin, the finger prick one that you can do in clinic and and all those different kind of things. And then I had seen um, metabolic balance at the Maddox when I went in 2020. Yeah. I'd heard of it, seen it before then sort of sat on it um denied I was like oh that feels like a big investment that I don't have right now for the training um and then when I started the mentoring um around group programs and online group programs half of the people doing it were all metabolic balance practitioners and it was like the third time it had come up for me and I always have this thing if the universe has sent me three three messages or hello you need to look at this um then I look at it again amazing, um, or, or I just do it. And at that stage, I was really burnt out from one-to-one practice and having my own clinic and trying to, pay, you know, pay the rent all the time is quite stressful. It's yeah. just, in, you know, worry in the back of your mind, um, trying to juggle my social media and, and keeping that going because that's where most of my clients would come through from. Yeah mumming all that stuff I was I think I was actually still burnt out from the process of going through uni yeah with kids and and all of that and I didn't actually have a rest when I finished uni so I kind of regret that I just rolled straight into practice which was good in some ways because it just I didn't talk myself out of it I just got on with it but also I didn't allow myself time to rest and play, which is what I'm always telling my clients is so important. 
mm-hmm. for us. So yeah, I, in July I was really burnt out. I was like, I, I just, I don't think I can do this anymore. I'd had to close my clinic because of COVID. I was working online and I was just like, I just don't feel like it's worth it. It's not working for me. It's not giving me a balance. I'm not feeling like I'm there for my kids, but I'm also not feeling able to show up for my clients in the way I want to. Yeah. Um, So I saw this group online, uh, online group program mentoring. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do that. Mm -hmm. It's got to be better than this. Yeah. So I started doing that and then I was like, oh, okay, I think I really need to look at that metabolic balance, even if I only do it for myself because yeah. I'm feeling like I'd put on 20 kilos in one year mm-hmm. um, in my last year of student clinic. From It was stress-related. I just couldn't get rid of it yeah. probably because I was still burnt out and stressed yeah. out. <laughs> um, and um, I was like, yeah, even if I do it, just for me and never use it with clients. I don't feel like I'm going to lose on this one. So I just trusted my intuition and went for it and did the training and, um, yeah, started part of the process of doing the training is actually doing the program yourself, like doing metabolic balance yourself. So I did that and it was amazing and I felt started feeling better like within two weeks and Um, ended up losing nearly 20 kilos over the uh, at least around 14 to 16 weeks so it was really life-changing for me and um, obviously that helps me in talking to people about it because it was like that for me but yeah yeah, it was a big big investment I'm not going to lie but um, it it was really worth it for me and I easily recouped the cost of the investment as soon as I started talking about it yeah, I think I re- recovered the cost within a month of wow. starting to run the group program. So, yeah, it, it was all good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. And how long did it take to go through that course and learn about metabolic balance? Well, it's actually self-paced as well. Oh, and yeah. in my uh, frequent self, so in August last year, we were hoping to go to Uluru. That's a dream I've had since before. I wanted to graduate, go to Uluru and reset in the energy of that uh, of that of that um, ancient mass. Yeah. So we didn't get there and we didn't. And so I was planning to go in August last year. Well, we didn't get to do that then, but I decided to do metabolic balance in that in July. So I did it really quickly. (laughs) I did it in about a two, just over two week turnaround. Um, So there's a, you do a, like a whole, you do some videos and watching and it's like a, a bit of physiology overview or revision kind of stuff and you do a, a an exam midway through the videos and, and at the end and then yeah. you do a live implementation training with the head of metabolic balance here in Australia which is Cherry Wills um, mm-hmm. of course that's online these days because we live in a COVID world um, and so that also made that more accessible than used to have to go to Queensland and do it face to face so for me, that was more achievable to be able to do it online. Um, so, yeah, you do that two-day training and then, um, yeah, you can go into the wild and start um, doing it with people, mm-hmm. uh, always with support and mentoring there available as well. I love I love mentors. I've always had a mentor yeah. since, I, since before I finished uni, actually. I got Brilliant. my first mentor in my last trimester of student clinic. Yeah, that's really cool. And do you currently have a mentor now as well? 
Yeah, I do. Yeah. So still with the mentor um, teaching me group online program. So I guess more a business focused at the moment than a clinical mentor. But I also still have clinical mentoring via metabolic balance and um, we're able to access uh, mentoring that way on on the clinical aspects of it and and how to so I kind of have two I'm really that's lucky. fantastic yeah you're yeah these yeah. Angles. <laughs> yeah 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 oh brilliant and so what does your typical week look like if you're um running those group programs mm-hmm. so Sunday and Monday are my um weekend yeah Monday is at my adventure day with my uh, younger kids we go and do something fun um and then Tuesdays Tuesday afternoons I've just recently started I've changed that to I um I either do discovery calls or I sometimes see clients or I'm doing admin work um so in the last couple of months I actually have a social media VA as well as an admin VA start so um it's a bit calmer. My my week, I actually can have Sunday and Monday as a weekend and I could not do that before. Yeah. So Tuesday, if I'm not doing discovery calls or um, client sessions, I will do stuff for my social media VA if she wants me to write something or take pictures or whatever, I'll assign tasks to my VA or do other admin type stuff. Wednesday is usually a bit of a mix. Like I'll do a Facebook live into my free Facebook group in the evening. Um, And I'll do, sometimes I'll do plan preparation, like um, looking at blood tests and stuff like that um, uh, to prepare for those client days. Um, Thursday in the evening I do my coaching call so that's um at least an hour usually an hour and a half to two hours with whoever turns up um and it's really fun actually I really enjoy doing it it's tiring but it's like it's two hours I show up and I get to service um there's usually somewhere between 10 and 15 people on the call um so that you know like that couple of hours investment is a lot less than the well, let's say 10 hours that that might be for me in clinic um, time. And then Fridays I do the one-to-one sessions, the initial health assessments and or plan presentations and Saturday same as well. So if I don't have, um, if I only have half of day of those booked in, I'll do admin on the rest of the day because they're like my set work day. So my family um, know not that I'll be, in here with my door shut and I'm working so I take it as the opportunity to work (laughs) yeah yeah perfect yeah cool I've got a couple of questions so the first is about discovery calls how Mm -hmm. have you found um yeah how have you gone with those are you finding they have great conversion rates um do you get clients through that is that something beneficial that you've offered to people like is that good in your business yeah so I used to offer it before when I did one-to-one stuff and didn't always uh, didn't really have a lot of take up with it and I also didn't really know how to run them very well so um with my last two mentors I've really refined or understood the value of them and refined them Um, but particularly with a high-end group program like the the a cost for my program no one's just going to come and sign up for it as a general yeah. rule it's yeah. it's a it's a bigger investment so um I everyone does a discovery call because I also want to know that they're committed enough 
I don't want them to join my program and then and spend the money and not have a good experience. Yeah. I also don't want to waste my time on working with people that aren't a good fit for me or I don't gel with or are not going to commit to the program and not yeah. do it. Um, so, yeah, I, I have actually said to people on the discovery call, do you know what, I really don't feel like my program's the best one for you. How about I recommend someone that would be better for you to work with? Um yeah. And it's so empowering being able to do that. It's It feels really good to not just have to be like, oh, I need every single client coming through um, to do that. But, yeah, the discovery calls are really great. Um, mm-hmm. My conversion rate is about 35 to 40%. Amazing. Um, which is pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah uh, that's what my mentor tells me it's that's really great Um, but I think it's really useful for the client that they get a a bit of time um, to tell me a little bit about what's going on for them yeah not a lot because like it's not appropriate in that time to do that and um, I have a script and I follow that on there and particularly around the the cost or the investment um I found it easier to have it written down as a script and just say it yeah. and not put any of my own like, oh, it's this amount of dollars, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> any of my mindset or blocks around money on it, especially in the early days. Now I'm fine saying the price and because and, I know the value they get a lot from me yeah. for it. Um, but, yeah, the discovery calls are really great, really, really mm-hmm. great. Uh, um I think everyone should package up their services, even if they're doing one-to-one, to get people to commit because you know what it's like. You spend a lot of time making a treatment plan and then they might come back one or two times and then that's it. But you've spent maybe three, four, five hours making that treatment plan that you don't get really paid paid for. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think it, the, the value is in packaging up some of those sessions so that people make a commitment to stick with you and and their treatment um, early on. I wish I'd done that at the start and not been frightened to do it. I thought that no one would come and see me or be too much money, but that was my own yeah. <laughs> my own blocks around money and stuff like that too. And I actually couldn't see how it would get people committed to working with you and that serves everyone better then. Yeah, such a great point. And yeah, it's funny how we often get in our own way in that sense, isn't it? Like our own mind. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I did read um, Denise Duffield Thomas, like her book, The Chillpreneur and um, her Get Rich Lucky Bitch. Yeah. That her, either one of those or both of those are just so mm. great for helping you get out of your own way and just get on with the business of pricing yeah. and and getting paid for what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would second that. I've read Chillpreneur, not um, Get Rich Lucky Bitch yet. But yeah, Denise is amazing. I learned a lot from that book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if people just followed her on social media or subscribe to her email list, you just get so much from it. I think she just raises good points time after time about um, getting paid. I think that was one of, um, when I was thinking about what I might share today and one of the questions um, or comments about a mindset shift and I think that was actually the biggest mindset shift that I had to have um, and that people that we need to have to have a successful career because I like 
think it's conditioned in us from the dawn of time, but also it was heavily conditioned at uni to me is that as healers, we have, you know, we should heal and support everyone and um, do that for free or, or for low cost or never considering our needs. And yeah. um, I, um, I think that we deserve to get paid. And one of the things that I tell my kids is that um, being nice means that we put other people's needs before our own. Mm-hmm. But I don't want them necessarily to be nice. I'd rather than be kind. So being kind is considering your needs, but also my needs are of equal value and yeah. finding a solution or a resolution that works there. And I think it's the same with us getting paid. Like we give lots of free content away on Instagram, Facebook, blogs, downloads, you know, like there's so much free information that people can have that yeah. that's kind of a... Um, a volunteer or a free work that we're doing with people and then when it comes to being paid we deserve to get paid for that time and the knowledge and the journey that we've been to to get where we know off the top of our head what fruits and vegetables or proteins someone needs to eat or or not eat for their health so true mic drop that is yeah so important (laughs) (laughs) and how did you come about um that mindset shift what was some work you did you obviously read those books and they helped was that the main thing that helped you come to this realization and step into your worth or do you have any other tips for anyone else who wants to work on that um I it was 2019 in July 2019 I realized that um I wanted some mentor it was I hadn't had a mentor for a little while, probably six months or so, and I was like, yeah, I feel like something's missing, but I feel like maybe this time I need a business mentor Yeah, and, a, and, and mindset and stuff. So I got a mentor who was more focused on the business and mindset stuff, and that really started the process. Yeah. And um, I read things like The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks and um, The Chillpreneur yeah. and... I just read like all these sorts of things. I read, you know, Mel Robbins, the five second rule, um, all sorts of stuff. I'm still reading all sorts of coaching and personal development stuff. It's part of my personal development. But um, uh, yeah, that that was the the start of it. And that was a 12 month mentoring. And um, like I had some big gains early on, particularly, um, but it was still, it's still a constant process, I think mindset and personal development um, work that I'm doing but yeah it was definitely part of that having a mentor just call me out on the rubbish the bullshit that I was telling myself (laughs) or getting you know in the way of myself and and that they had done that and been well paid in their clinical career as well to see that they were doing it to see so within the like there was a private Facebook group but within that was all the past mentees and some of them are really successful helping a lot of people but also getting really well paid for that so seeing seeing them and being able to halt that narrative around that healers should be poor or doing it for love and not money yeah um yeah that was really made a difference um in you know like instead of my half an hour return consult that was 80 dollars going for like an hour if it went for an hour, I would say, oh, well, when it got to half an hour, well, we're about, we're going to go over time. Is that okay with you? Like it'll be $100 for the 45 minutes or whatever. Yeah. 
yeah, so just little things like that, like actually charging for that or not answering emails on my weekend or or answering texts or all of those things that we do that take our time but we don't get paid for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. That's really cool. And so my other question around things you're currently doing was with the coaching calls, if they're on six-month packages, is it just the people who are currently active within that six-month timeframe that are allowed to go on the coaching calls or is it anyone that's ever worked with you? Only current paying paid yep. customers, yeah, Perfect. clients. So, yeah, you need to be currently doing the program and um, towards the end of the six months I have a one-to-one session with them to make sure they're all, you know, good to go, they've got where they need to be. Yep. Um of course, I'm looking at that and monitoring it all the way along, but that's where we have a formal sort of closing off session. Um, yep. We reflect on where they've come to from where they were and, um, yeah, I just let them know that, well, if there's something that we still need to keep working on, I'll offer them a like a pack of one-to-one consults or yep. offer them a monthly fee to stay on coaching calls and, and keep working with me. Yep. Otherwise, I let them know that, um, you know, if they're, that they don't need me anymore, which is obviously that is my aim. But if they don't need me anymore, I let them know that, you know, I'm going to take you out of the Facebook group and you won't get any more emails about the program and and, um, you won't be able to come on the coaching calls and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And what sort of topics do you talk about? Like does it change every week? Do you have a structure? What does it look like when it comes to figuring out what to talk about for that hour and a half to two hours? (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's not um, generally me talking. Well, I do a lot of talking and the facilitating or the holding the space, but they mostly come with their own questions because they are, uh, yeah, so they'll have questions about um, things that have come up for them. I was in this situation and I didn't know what to do or whatever. So um, sometimes there's not much more than me just answering questions. Other times, like the other week, someone was frightened to introduce fat into their meals, Mm -hmm. like healthy fats. So we had an impromptu lesson on fats not making you fat. um, (laughs) And that was really great. Um, Or other times they'll ask questions and we'll talk about, I don't know, all sorts of stuff stress hormones or blood glucose levels or you know where to find this thing or why you can't have that or why wheat might not be yeah so it's I I actually I've not ever prepared a topic to discuss yeah um it's usually just uh in response to what they've asked for which I realize can might feel like scary or intimidating to people but it's actually not at all it's just um you know you're talking with people that don't know what we know or what we're learning and so anything that you tell them um that they're you know they they just like they like they're all there they all mostly stay like they can come and go from the call as they want yeah you know if they've got children they need to tend to or whatever but most of them will actually stay the whole time um which is really lovely because they see the value in that call or someone else might ask a question that um that they find value in the answer as well or they they want to hear if I have a if impromptu discussion on something because I don't record them yep. just to keep it a you know private or a, a safe space in case you know we talk about bowel motions and periods and 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 stuff too so um it keeps it a safe space for them from that perspective and that 
if you're not there, well, you, you don't know, you'll have missed it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really uh, it's uh, I want to say easy, but like it's not easy, but it's not like a it's not like hours of me prepping a talk. Yeah. I just just yeah. talk. It's like really like talking with almost like friends. So honestly, I yeah. I do love that about my program because the nature of when you advertise and you advertising yourself and your business is that people get drawn to you. Yeah. That are probably similar to you. Yeah. Um, or have similar values as well. So um, any any number of the women on in my program, I'd actually be really happy to be friends with yeah. outside of it. So it's really <laughs> nice to just be on the call and have people because it's, you know, perimenopausal space and beyond. And so yeah. I have a wide range from like 32 is my youngest client at the moment to I think 62 is my oldest. Yeah. So she's, she's knitting and another one that's around, they'll knit. <laughs> Yeah. while they listen and <laughs> other people have little kids coming in and out so it's just it's yeah. quite casual and relaxed I think that's what I wanted to say not really so much as easy but it's it's relaxed and casual yeah amazing and do you do those on Facebook like as a live no, I do them on zoom oh cool yeah um yeah because I always feel a bit concerned about Facebook and what it gleans and learns from Facebook lives or interactions and it's not as easy for them to talk or feedback to me so I do it on Zoom um, and they all join in and um, on on that way that way as well yeah well that's a good way to go Oh, yeah. a cool thing to offer. That sounds, yeah, like it would be really helping them. And I like how they stick around and listen to other topics too, because they would be learning so much from that. It would be, yeah, just adding that extra layer of service and help onto what you're currently yeah. on. Yeah. Well, I think like if the ones that do really well are the ones that show up most weeks, Yeah, like they don't have to, but having that weekly connection is I wouldn't be able to offer that any other way I just literally couldn't service 25 I've got 25 people enrolled at the moment at various stages of moving through it yeah I I couldn't service that many people each week in clinic yeah it'd just be too much Um, even if I only did 15 minute consults but this way they get to check in with me if they start if their wheels start to wobble or they start to lose focus it's only a week yeah. And then they check in again and recalibrate and reset and, and off they go. Yeah. And so over the six months, like that's a gives such a long time to make a habit change, like form a habit. Yeah. Or change an old habit, make a new one and form it and consolidate it. So yeah. um, it's really nice to not be rushed as well. Definitely. So if they do go by the by, it doesn't matter. We just get them, pick them back up, a re, like assess it, analyze it learn from it and then keep moving forward so it's actually a really rewarding way to work with people as well if someone's got something going on that's perhaps a bit more in depth or maybe really personal I send no worries make an acute like go on onto my calendar make an acute time and we and we have a short 15 minute some if it needs to be longer it is but I'm being paid well enough for the program that I'm happy to add those in ad hoc as we need to. Amazing. Yeah. So it feels like, um, yeah, I'm rewarded and my cup's full from the experience, but they get a level of support and and nurturing that they otherwise I wouldn't be able to give them. Yeah, definitely. That sounds like a really good way to approach it and package it up. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. 
And so what is your vision for your business? Um, well, I was just saying to someone the other day, I've never been much of a goal setter. Like in my early career, we'd always do yearly reviews to be like, where do you see yourself in five years or 10 years? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> maybe have a kid or two or something yeah. I don't know and I st- I'm only just getting my head around well I actually should have like a plan for what I want to do uh, you know with myself with my business ongoing so the short answer is not actually quite sure yeah that's okay <laughs> I really lo- I really love how I've kind of this all happened relatively quickly and got thrust into it so I would say that this probably wouldn't have been the way I was envisaging that I would work but in a post well currently still COVID world yeah it is how it is and um my current reality is quite different to what I thought my vision was of owning a clinic and running a busy clinic now I don't want to do that because I see that that would be more hours work for me than less not less yeah um and so yeah ideally I would like to um even refine it down or be comfortable and get it in a space so that I'm really just only working two and a half or three days you know a couple of days in client slash admin and one admin day having um my support crew doing the rest for me um and being there with my kids the rest of the time and doing the fun stuff that we like to do as part of our home ed life so amazing um or even I guess in the future we have doubled in talking about traveling around Australia so we just literally this week picked up a new caravan oh wow um and it fits all of us and it's lovely and comfortable and, it, and I'm paying for that with my business, which is like amazing yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> from what I'm earning through my business, which I did, I never thought that would actually be possible. So it's yeah. really surreal um, to be doing something like this. So yeah, there's other things I would like to be able to fund and pay for, like for us to do. Um, and probably some extended traveling because I can literally work from anywhere Um, so I would I would like to do that so I suppose it's to make it more nomadic in the future yeah yeah oh how exciting yeah that sounds yeah and what would you attribute your current success to I think um it's definitely having a niche just refining it slightly um has made a big difference in um who I'm talking to really hearing me yeah um so when I first started I thought I would do like I was sort of more general family I'll help your family be well yeah and I was kind of speaking to everyone but no one at the same time mm-hmm. um and then I refined it a bit more to working with busy mums or stressed mums it's actually a really um that is a perfectly valid nation itself, I think, but the way I was doing and talking about it was still really general and broad and not really understanding the problems or the pain points for those people and just talking about those. Then last year I started refining it a bit more and moving it into that uh, more perimenopausal or life in your 40s space. Yeah. Um, and that was a big shift. It really, I was like, watched my um following num- follower numbers change and the engagement and all of that um increase and change yeah um and then I 
kind of ref- refined it a little bit more again to be more talking about hormones. It, it's still the same things, but just actually really saying the same similar messages over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and and well, I added in the weight loss component of it too. And as much as I oh, equally hate it and love it, yeah. um, it's that has been really popular. Um, and, and I say I hate it because I hate the focus and the value that's placed on women by uh, Western culture that they are valued only for the way that they look mm. or um, uh, their value as a, a re- reproducing human. Yeah. Um, but it, I've, what I've noticed is it gives me that opportunity to change that narrative with women too, to, you know, if you want to change the way your body is and that's great let's do it for your health and your long-term health and let's not be unreasonable and um pick a number that you want to be that you haven't been since you were 20 um yeah we're (laughs) not going to do that and um and uh also focusing on perimenopause not as an end or menopause not as an end but a beginning a second you know stage of life Yes. Um, so, yeah, so definitely I think my own experience has been uh, people really connect when you share yourself. I don't share a lot of my kids because that's, you know, that's them and they are due their privacy with that. It's not up to me to use them for marketing value. <laughs> but um, when I share aspects of my story and like I've got multiple autoimmune conditions and allergies and as you know like one of them is peppermint like seriously who has an allergy to peppermint (laughs) such a random I don't know I know I don't know anyone to be honest who's got a peppermint allergy I would love to know if there is someone please email me or know someone so I'm not alone but oh my gosh it's ridiculous but yeah when I share parts of myself people really connect with that and so when I do a discovery call with them and I ask them why did you choose me what what resonates about the things you've seen or my approach and they say oh you're like a you're not you know you've had your own experience you're like a real person going through these things you're not just you know someone who's never struggled with these things telling me what to do but also or I felt like you knew what my problem like it was like you were inside my head seeing how I was feeling or what I was doing so I guess that's the empathy as well or being able to see what your ideal clients um, pain points or what's going on for them and and share that or share that you're human and things go on for you as well or yeah that you know you had a life beforehand I I tell people I tell my clients that I used to smoke I used to smoke sometimes up to a packet a day like seems mad (laughs) but you know I've been through those struggles of quitting things and and doing other stuff or I know what it's like to eat wheat and gluten all your life and then have to not you know become a celiac at age 40 yeah um so yeah so definitely sharing yourself and sharing I mean who I don't really know any health practitioner who doesn't have their own story that's really interesting so sharing that is definitely and and being quite specific in who you're sharing it to or how it relates to them yeah um has definitely helped with my um my practice and how and how busy I am yeah oh that's amazing yeah 
It is a very important thing to do. And it's brilliant that you have seen a real increase in clients and following and all of that and the engagement through really finding that niche. And yeah, as you said, it does evolve over time too, because I know that can be one of the hesitations for people picking a niche. It's can feel like you're boxing yourself in, but yeah, you're a perfect example of it can evolve as you evolve and as you change and as, yeah, as your business grows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're not stuck. It's not for life. It's yeah. definitely not at all. And at one point I just emailed my email list and said, Hey, you might've noticed a change in what I'm talking about. Yeah. I am going to be talking a lot more about this. And if it's not of interest to you that, you know, you please unsubscribe or maybe you'll know someone else who it is more appropriate for and please feel free to share me but yeah I just invited them to unsubscribe if they wanted to um, and let them know that's what I was going to be talking about yeah yeah that's a good way to go absolutely awesome well this has been such an incredible episode it's been really interesting hearing how you structure your business and how you've done so well growing it to what it is today and yeah look forward to seeing it become more nomadic and you from your caravan working away one day that would be so cool um but do you have any parting words of advice for the listeners today oh gosh um I don't know, we've covered lots of areas today, haven't we? Um, (laughs) So much. I think it's just always being curious, like um, try not to overthink. And actually one of the things that used to get in my way the most at the start was comparing myself and comparing yourself to others robs you of joy and happiness but also stops you from doing things. Um, So I know it's easy to say, like, don't compare yourself, stay in your own lane just focus on what you're doing but yeah yeah, it really it really helps you to just get on with what you want to do and not worry about the other people already doing it or if someone might be doing it better than you and I say that in inverted commas because only you only you do you and you will resonate to someone in a way that someone else doing the same thing will not yeah definitely so 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 important I love that Brilliant. And where can the listeners find you to follow along with your journey? Uh, so if they are on Instagram, it's Akeso Health by Sarah. So Akeso is A-K-E-S-O. Yeah. Um, and on Facebook, it's just Akeso Health. Yeah. Or my website is akesohealthcare.com.au. Amazing. That's brilliant. And I'll link to all of that in the show notes for everyone to find you nice and easy. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for being here and yeah, sharing all of your amazing experience and advice. It's been such a pleasure. I know I've had so much fun and I hope the listeners have had just as much fun listening along. So thank you. Oh, thank you. It's been so much fun. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality. Thank you.